we're going to finish this series up today and start a relationship series next week that I'm really excited about. We have spelled it wrong on purpose for all you English majors. It is spelled real, like authentic and R-E-A-L, real, Asian ships. So any of you that get freaked out by things being misspelled, you're welcome because for the next couple months, you'll get to see it every day that you come in here and I will laugh at you if it bothers you because it does not bother me. It was my idea. So there you go. But I'm excited. I really, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If you've got a relationship that's perfect and it cannot get better, and I'm not talking about marriage only, by the way. In all relationships, if your relationships are perfect, then I encourage you not to come. But everybody else that's human, everybody else that's human, not only do I encourage you to come, but for real, bring your, bring your friends, bring family, bring people. I really believe the Lord showed me something that's very simple. But when I break it down, it'll be four different parts, and it's, it's really cool. So I hope you'll bring people. Starts next week, real Asian ships. And I'm, I'm going to drag that out and be annoying with it. Praise the Lord. This is the last week ago. If you haven't heard any of the other ones, this one is standalone and works. But I'm here to tell y'all today that there's not one person. Now, I need y'all to get ready to talk to me. And if you don't, I'm going to call you maybe by row or by name. And I'm going to say the back row won't help me. So will you please say something? But maybe more than any of the other ones, I've been leaning in on this one. And it's something that God gave me a few years ago to use on my own, but it's something that I knew without a doubt two weeks ago that I was supposed to share today. And so I've changed it, and I've done stuff with it, and I've built it. But I believe this can really, really help you. I believe it can change your life. But only if you lean in and listen and, and, and let God do the work and speak. So this is the title of my message today. Should I stay or should I go? So let's sing it together. Should I stay or should I go? Some of y'all did it. I don't, I don't know. You're welcome. Should I stay or should I go? Isn't it funny how many times in our lives we ask questions like this? Not necessarily even should I stay or should I go question, but, but should I do that? Is that a wise decision? And then it can be little stuff like should I go to their house? And a lot of times if you're with me, some of y'all are in this room right now and I'm looking at you. I'm just trying to pan the audience so they don't know it's you. I was with you when we should not have gone. Come on, somebody. So it can be little stuff, but it can also be where should I go to college? Should I go buy that house? Should I go take that job? Should I go? And we have all these different things in our lives that are should I stay or should I go? Is this the right thing to do? And, I, and I'm not sure, and it's frustrating. If you're like me, there's times in our lives where you just don't know. You just don't know. You don't know if it's a great decision or if it's the stupidest thing you could possibly do. But can I tell you where I find the biggest frustration? A lot of times now in my life where God's taken me, it's not that it's frustrating to hear from God, but y'all better listen to me. It's frustrating to hear from my friends. And I'm not talking about people in this room, thank the Lord, because the Lord surrounded me with some really amazing men and women that follow him. But I'm talking about people that you've acquainted yourself with, associated yourself with. If you have Facebooks, <sighs> then you might have 5,000 people that are your quote-unquote friend. How many of y'all know that is not true? Y'all right. better talk to me today because I am telling the truth. If y'all think you have 5,000 friends, you need this one more than anybody. <laughs> right? I don't need 5,000 opinions. Jesus, take the wheel. I'm going to preach that in a minute. Y'all just stay with me. But the reality is this. 
we tend to outthink, just hear me, we tend to outthink ourselves and we get obsessed with certain things and then we make these lists. Now y'all better talk. We make pros and cons lists, don't we? About dumb things. Where should I go on vacation? Who freaking cares you're going on vacation? Just go. Right? Just go. It really doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. If you want to go to this place, go to this place, go to this place. It's not something to freak out about. But then, but then about life decisions that, that alter the course of our destiny, there's a certain thing that we should do or we'll screw it up. We need to learn how to find God's rhythm. So I call this the decision rhythm. The rhythm of making good godly decision. The decision rhythm. I know that doesn't sound great, but I promise it is great. So y'all go with me. Y'all go with me. This was my first love growing up. Some of y'all know that, some of you don't. But in my life, I would love a dollar for every hour I spent shooting ball. Because I'd have plenty of dollars. I mean, I shot and I shot. I put a basketball in my bed. Y'all can laugh at me if you want to, but I did all the time. Not when I was five. When I was 17. I was still doing it. I did, I promise. I don't care if y'all laugh at me. It hurts my feelings a little bit, but I don't care. I did it, I did it, I did it. And I was pretty good. I was athletic, and I was decent through middle school. And then this guy moved into my neighborhood going into high school. His name's Arnold Bradshaw. He was a retired basketball coach for 30-something years in the state of Ohio. He was very successful. Every time he would walk his dog up the hill to my house, he would notice that I'm shooting. All the, I mean, if I was home from school, I was about to say if my homework was done, but how many of y'all know I didn't care about that? <laughs> I was shooting ball, shooting ball, shooting ball, shooting ball. Hours and hours. And one day he came up and he had his dog and he tied his dog around a big tree in my house, in my driveway. And he said, Mark, he introduced himself, said, Mark, you mind if I show you a couple things? I'd love to. He started teaching me little drills. And he said, there's, there's, a, there's a specific thing that you need to learn about shooting, and we watch videos together over time, and he did certain things. But then he taught me something really important. He said, you have good muscle memory, and so you can be fairly decent at this. But the key, y'all listen, to being a great shooter, especially a free throw shooter, is to shoot in, guess what word it is? To shoot in rhythm. Someone say rhythm. Shoot in rhythm. In other words, no matter how good your form is, no matter if you're on balance or off balance, if you get out of rhythm, you're going to miss more often than not. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. He said, the first thing that I want us to learn is I want you, you have 10 seconds when you get to a free throw line if you play basketball. I know some of y'all aren't athletes, but just stay with me. When you go up on that line that's in front and they shoot it at the basket, it's 15 feet away, that's called a free throw. When you get fouled, you do that. What's a foul? Your husband or wife or friend can explain it later. All right. But I had 15 feet. They can't move. Now, they, if there's five people or 5,000 or a million people, well, it would be a lot, that are at the game, they can scream and yell and go crazy, but they can't go inside that little lane area, and they can't touch you. They can't do anything to you. And you got 10 seconds to let it rip. So he said, I want you to do this. I don't care if you stand on one leg, if you touch your nose, if you spin the ball, if you if – you, do it with your elbow. If you talk to it, if you do it, do the same thing every time. So this is what I did. I would take the ball when Mr. Ref handed threw it to me. I would line my hands up in a certain place. 
every single time. If you watch videos of me playing ball in high school, you could watch it. I will bet you any amount of money that I've got and any amount of money I ever will that I never change this one thing. Bounce, 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 pause, big breath, shoot. Bounce, bounce, bounce. <sighs> Splapper, bounce, bounce. That means swish if y'all don't know. Bounce. Big breath, shoot. Every single time I did it, tens, not 10,000, tens of thousands of times. I don't remember a day in my teenage years. I don't care if I was on vacation in Cancun. I found a hoop. I was going to shoot at least 100. Matter of fact, I didn't even want to shoot 100. I wanted to make 100. But I, I got to the point where I could make 100 by shooting 100. I'm like, I don't believe you. It was true. I promise. Well, that means you were a great shooter. Actually, it means I learned how to shoot in rhythm. It, it means that I learned how to shoot in rhythm. My junior and senior year in high school, I got real good at shooting free throws. I was pretty good at other stuff, but I got real good at that. I shot 86% my senior year. If that doesn't impress you, go shoot free throws and see if you make 8.6 of them out of 10. If you do, that's freaking amazing because I don't know what the .6 even means, right? Come on, somebody. But with pressure and with people on, and, and all around and all this stuff, and I, and I shot lots of them because I mixed it up and got foul. And I got to where I could make them almost every time, no matter the situation. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. What you find is that there's really good athletes, far superior to me, that are way smarter than me, but they never learned rhythm. And when the pressure was on the line, someone say pressure. pressure. See, pressure reveals a lot. How many of y'all know that's true? If I want to know what's really inside someone, I just put a little pressure on them and I can find out. When you put pressure on, the, on, on somebody and they had to shoot down two, up one, tie game, thousands of people in the stands, noise happening everywhere, and they're looking around and they start feeling the pressure of the moment. All of a sudden, guess what they start doing? I didn't have to think. I never even thought, I need to dribble three times. I need to say softly over the front of the rim. I said it to myself so many times that the only thing I was focusing on is the front of that rim and the, I could see the ball tear, tear dropping in. I could literally block out hundreds of people or thousands of people in some of the big games that I played in and I never even thought about them. It was like this tunnel vision that you begin to have. But you watch people's eyes and you know they're going to miss because they start doing this and they take in all the stuff that's going on. And all of a sudden, what should be an easy make, easy money, they've done it over and over, they get out of rhythm. And as they begin to think, everything that they know goes away. Now, y'all better listen to me because I'm already preaching good. I ain't even opened the Bible yet. Once people start thinking and they let all that junk start getting in their head, what they should naturally do. Matter of fact, they could preach it to you right here better than I could right now. What they know to do. They do what they know is not the right thing to do. And they begin to let the outside noise of thousands of people because they're not focusing on what should be focused on and they get out of rhythm. Clank. Clank. You've heard people on TV before if you've ever watched ball say, I can't believe someone that shoots 80-something percent would miss in this clutch moment. And I feel like telling them, well, I can. They got out of rhythm. So I want to give you the three bounces, the three dribbles today, and we're going to make some good decisions. Matter of fact, who cares about good decisions? We're going to make some godly decisions in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Dribble number one. Do I have a word from God? Do I have a word from God? What in the world does that mean? 
what in the world does do I have a word from God mean? It means before I go, before I begin to dribble, before I step up to the line, metaphorically speaking, of my life, I shouldn't make any major life decisions if I don't have a word from God. Well, say, God, don't talk to me. Look at my face right now. Survey says, "Eh, that is not true. He absolutely talks to you. You just don't listen. You've heard Netflix, social media. You've heard, some of y'all are older like me, news. You've heard, (laughs) true, TikTok, right? Because if you get on YouTube or TikTok, it's four hours. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You'll look up and go, what just happened? It was six and now it's ten. And we hear and we hear and we hear and we take in information and then watch. All the outside noise becomes the inside noise. Because we never even step up to the line and make the first dribble where we start hearing everything we shouldn't hear. And I want to show it to you in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 14, I'll put the ball down. Matthew chapter 14. Jesus just done miracles. It's amazing. Feeds 5,000. And then it says that immediately he made the disciples in verse 22 get into the boat and go before him. Someone say go. Good sermon series. Go before him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowd, the and was just something I added. While he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Very important. Jesus was not with the disciples at this moment. He modeled something for us that we should all do if we want a word from God. We should go, five of you, let's all try to get it. We should all go pray. When evening came, he was there alone. And it says, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, and the wind was against them, and they were going crazy. And at the fourth watch of the night, Have any of y'all ever said that before in your entire life for any reason? The answer is no. That is 3 a.m. But sometime when I wake up to pee at 3 a.m. Because I ain't getting up at 3 a.m. Come on, Jesus. I'm going to tell Leah, it's the fourth watch of the night and I had to pee. That has nothing to do with my message. I just wanted to let y'all know. It says at the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the water, on the sea. Stop. If you are really spiritual in this room, you think to yourself, I would have known it was Jesus. Let me help you. No, you wouldn't have. You was freaking out. You saw the storm, and all of a sudden you see the ghost. If you were born in the 90s, for sure the 80s, you know that what you thought you saw was Patrick Swayze. Young people, you don't have to watch it. It's, It's all whatever. It's in it's in 180p, so you probably don't want to see it. But anyway. Demi Moore was young. Here we go. Let's keep going. Who's that? You would have thought you'd seen a ghost too, right? He came to walk, walk into them, and it says, but when the disciples saw him, they said, oh, it's a ghost. And they cried out. And then Jesus spoke to him. Y'all but just be honest with me. I got ADD for a second, and y'all just stay with me. Does anybody else, when you read things like, and Jesus said, do y'all hear it in a British accent, or is it just me? It's okay if it's just me. You can say just you or yes, I, I, I hear it. Because it's what, it's what they trained us to see because of those movies, and they're real bad. This is how he sounds. Take heart. It's just I. It, it's like Monty Python. That's what, I, that's what Jesus sounds like right here. It's but a flesh wound. That's not what he sounds like, okay? He was not British. 
He did not even speak English. I don't know what's wrong with me. We need to get to the point. Y'all quit messing with me. He said to them, take heart, it's I. Don't be afraid. I don't think he said it in this quiet, weird voice. I think he probably had to yell it to him because everything was going crazy. And so Peter, now, y'all got to listen. I, I relate to him because he was crazy. Someone say crazy. Peter said in the boat, everything's good because he sees Jesus and he's starting to feel better. The thing that Peter should have done right then is just sit there and shut your mouth. I don't do good at that. So he said, what, Jesus, he said, Lord, but Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. In the Greek, that word means go, I promise you. It's the same Greek word, same, and that's what the Bible's written in. He said, tell me to come. Why? Why? Why didn't he say, Jesus, tell, come on, get your honey in this boat, Holy Ghost, and you're with Jesus already, and we're going to get him later, but don't worry about it. Like, come on in. Make it stop. No, he said, tell me to go if you want me to go. Well, you got to put everything in perspective. There's waves crashing in. It's 100-mile-an-hour winds. You are freaking out. Lightning's hitting the water. Look at my face if you don't swim. Uh-uh. <laughs> I ain't trying to swim in that water. Peter said, I'll walk on it if you say, come on. <laughs> what? Listen, no logic. logic. I mean, logic has gone way out the window. But he said, if you tell me to go, if you tell me to come, is literally the word, then I will. And Jesus gave this long explanation, come. <laughs> I read stuff like this and I go, that guy's a trip, man. <laughs> if you tell me to come, I'll come, come, all right? In that moment, what we do, now watch this, is we start making our list, right? This is the pro and con time. Okay, Jesus said come so I can come, but then there's water so I'll sink, and there's wind and so I'll sink, and all these things so I'll sink. But he did the... He got on the line. God gave me a word. I can get in rhythm and I can shoot. And he got out and he walked on water. <laughs> Why do we pass chapters and verses and stuff like this? And we just go, that's pretty cool. No, it's not. It's freaking crazy. Peter walked on water. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Don't just pause when those verses get read. Go, What? Look at me. If God calls you to something, it does not matter if they believe it's possible. If he's called you to it, he's made a way. And it, look, 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 look. It's probably not going to make sense to most people around you because y'all better get this if you don't get anything else. They've not been where you're going. The only one that could understand what Jesus was about, sorry, the only one that could understand what Peter was about to do is Jesus. Why? Because he had already walked on it. He had already stood where Peter was about to stand. The rest of the disciples would have looked at him and said, are you out your mind? People that you love dearly will lead you the wrong way. Listen, due respect, I'm fixing to get to my next point, so we'll just preach it together. You better be careful who's giving you advice. Because if they've not been where you're going, I like you, knuckles, but you can't tell me how to walk on the water because you ain't been there already. And in this case, there was only one person that could tell him to go. And it was Jesus. And he obeyed him. And he did. And guess what? I believe with all my heart, he actually walked on that water. And then something happened. It says, let's try you again. But when Peter saw, someone say saw, the wind. How many of y'all know that you can't see the wind? Come on. The word saw there means to perceive with your eyes what is real. I'll say it again. To perceive with your eyeballs what is real. I've said this to y'all before, but I'll repeat it. 
Our eyes are a beautiful, powerful weapon that God intends to use for our benefit. But when we see with our eyes and not through our eyes, it becomes detrimental. Because a lot of times what's going on around you is in conflict. Now hear me, is in conflict with what God called you to. And so it is screaming to you, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And as soon as he looked down and he saw a five-foot freaking wave coming and hitting him in the hip or in the head or knocking him down, and, and a doggone cow comes flying across, right? Because it's the Twister movie from back in the day, and all this stuff's taking place. Then you immediately say, what am I doing? Holy crud, holy you, because you're right there in front of me, Jesus. Like, what am I doing? And one second earlier, he was walking on the water. But isn't it interesting what it says? He was afraid and beginning to sink. Someone say sink. Y'all better learn this. If God's called you to something that looks like walking on water, this is a guarantee when we get in our own way. He says, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him and saying, you have little faith, why do you doubt? I don't think he was rebuking Jesus, or sorry, I don't think Jesus was rebuking Peter because he didn't believe he could walk on water. Y'all got to get this. I think it was because he forgot who had the ability to make him do it. I mean, we'll preach stuff, right? We, if, if you're spiritual, if you love the Lord in this room and, and you like scripture and stuff, you'll, you'll say stuff like, I don't lean on my own understanding. I got it above my kitchen. I got it, I got it in where we trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding except for every time I make a decision. Why? Because it's got to make sense or we ain't in. Look at me. If you want to reach your destiny, it's not going to make sense. If you need it to make sense, go ahead and get back on the shore because you ain't going. You're not going to make it. And, and you'll never get a word from God. Why? You don't need a word from God. You've got a word from you. It's quiet in here, but I'll say good, good word, Mark. That, keep going. Holy Ghost, say it. Peter walked on water because he got a word. This is my argument, y'all. Peter didn't actually walk on water. He walked on a word. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. People walk, Peter did not walk on the water. He walked on the word. How do you know that, Mark? Because as soon as he tried to walk on the water, he sunk. But when he didn't think about it, he was able to balance himself on freaking H2O that was coming all over the place, all over him, smashing. There was no possible way. You can't do it. But y'all can quote the scripture, with God all things are possible. With man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. But the only way the impossible becomes possible is if I can stand on a word. I'm not necessarily meaning can you pick a Bible verse out that fits what your desires are. Because I believe God speaks to us. And I've got story after story, but I'm going to share one-ish with you that I actually did not too long ago, but it fits so well right here. And it fits into the next dribble as well. In 2015, in the summertime, if y'all remember the prayer series, Hearing from God, I talked about this. But in 2015, I did a wedding on a Friday night. God had been doing unbelievable things in my life. I wish I had time to break it down. But for time's sake, I won't go into all the details. But God had opened my life up. Just for background, if, if you're new here, I grew up Southern Baptist, and I'm thankful for my heritage, and I love the Southern Baptist Church. But God had began to open my life up to other denominations and other pastors and 
other leaders because I had prayed this prayer every day since we started this church. God, if you're in it and it's true, I want to know it and I want to walk in it. Every single day, I still pray it today. I'm not going to go in thinking I have all the answers because guess what? I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. I realize how much I don't know, so just open me up. I realize that if I believe some of these things, I'll go against my own family or my own friends or some of these other things, but I do not care. I want to know what you're about. And in an unbelievable way, God started opening doors in people that they have names and, and they have major influence and they're in other denominations. And I just started going, sweet, I'll just be Mark. If they don't like me, a lot of people don't, it's cool. And if they do, that's cool too. I'm not impressed. I don't run in their circles, but we can be cool. And one of them is Pastor Ron Carpenter that used to be in Greenville, and now they're coming back to do a campus here. He had Redemption Church. He's in San Jose now. And he's been there for a long time. Matter of fact, Lee and I used to watch him on TV when we first got married in the early 2000s, and I thought, man, he can preach. He is wild, but he can go. I always loved his preaching, but I certainly didn't even think about a relationship with him because I run in a different circle, and then boom. It's the craziest thing. He just We were friends. We went from not knowing each other to he let me all the way in, and it was awesome, and I was thankful, and then God started doing these crazy things. And several months after that, is, is God did something the week of this story, and then all of a sudden I go do this wedding, and, and the person whose son I did the wedding for, I'm positive, is watching. She's normally here in this service. And I asked them because he's sick and I did the wedding as a favor to not pay me the normal amount that the contract says. And I said, don't do it for anything. I want to do it for free. Just let me do it as a gift. And they still gave me a $100 bill and a card. When I got home, I opened it. And I told Leah as soon as I opened it on this late Friday night, I believe the Lord just told me to give this to a woman in Florence to pay for her groceries when we stop at a gas station. I was like, that's real direct. And it certainly doesn't go against the Bible, so I know it's God because I had learned how to listen to his voice. And so I said, I'll do it. That's awesome. We get up the next day, and Pastor Ron had actually given us a couple of his, or some CDs of his messages. And in 2015, we still listened to those. And so I, I, had, I had two of his messages on glory, and I had it tatted on my arm as well. It means so much to me and what the significance of it is. And we had watched these messages, and the Lord was talking to us, and Leah and I were in deep conversation about what God was doing and all of this stuff. And we pull in. I go in this grocery store, excuse me, rest, uh, fast, woo, easy for me to say. I go into this gas station, and I look across, and all the way across the room, I see this lady, and immediately the Lord says, that's her, give it to her. So I pulled out the $100 bill, and I walk up straight to her, and I reach out my hand to her, and my religiousness got in the way. Someone say, think. I started to think started to think, started to think, because it was Peter's thinking that led to his sinking, I started to sink, because when he didn't think, he walked on a word, but when he did think, that's when the sink came. I had a word from God. I was confident in it. I was standing on that dribble. I was standing on that free throw line. And all of a sudden, I saw the 24-pack of beer in the man's hand that she was with. And I immediately got religious and backed away. I literally walked up to my wife and she said, did you give it to her? And I said, nope. That man's got beer. I ain't paying for that. I ain't doing it. I got another chance. She was checking out. The Lord said, give it to her. Nope, I ain't doing it. Listen, third, third time, she walked to her car to pump gas. Give her the $100 bill to buy her groceries. 
I walked up to this hoopty car that she had. I had a third chance. And I said, I'm not doing it. He's, he's got someone else in mind. It'll, I miss, watch this. This is what I said. Why? Because I was thinking, I was thinking, I must have misunderstood God. Let's take a time out real quick, class. Right? Nope. I'm not smart enough to think up something like, you need to do all of that, that in that detail. But in my mind, y'all better watch this because y'all do the same thing. Y'all laughing at Peter right now, but you'll, do, you'll fall in. I, I said, no, I'm not. Put it back in my car, and I was super spiritual. I must, I must have misunderstood. Got back in the car, had everything ready, cranked it up. Before I got back on the interstate, some of y'all have heard this story before, Ron Carpenter said in a message that he had, that he had preached three years earlier that I had a CD of, it's like when God tells you to give the woman a $100 bill to buy her groceries. Now, I know y'all are way farther along in this thing than I am, and y'all would have said, thus saith the Lord, and y'all would have talked British, and you'd have had it all together. I started crying. I said, I'm done. Oh, God, what do I do? <laughs> I, I'm not making it up. I'm not trying to be funny. I hit the button that stops the CD, and I teared up legit. And I looked at Leah and said, what have I done to God? And what's God going to do to me? And I've missed the point. And he's going to be angry with me. And I did the only thing I knew to do. I called a person that I believe in that had been where I was going to see what to do about it. Because the second dribble anyway is do I have agreement? Do I have a word from my counselor? Do they think I'm crazy or do they think it's right? Not everybody. This is not a survey. I'm not putting a survey on social media saying vote for this. I'm going to move. Everybody's going to think I'm crazy, but I want to know what you know. I do not care what you think. I want to know about the people that have already been where I'm going, what they think. So if you ask your mom and them, you, you honor your father and mother. But if your father and mother do not have your best interest in mind, they're selfish and they want you to stay close to them because they can't imagine not having Sunday dinners without you, they're probably going to tell you to stay. But if God's giving you a go, you better not let them be your advisors. And if they hadn't gone before you, you, you better love them and respect them. You better honor them with your life. But that better not be where you get your advice from. Because they'll take you down the same bad roads that they've gone down if you're not careful. I called him and said, Pastor Ron, I done messed up and God is going to hate me now. And I was really upset. And he starts cracking up laughing. And I'm like, hey man, that ain't funny. <laughs> and he said, Mark, you think God's surprised? He said, Baptist boy, that's what he always calls me. Baptist boy, you hear the Holy Ghost all the time. He'll tell you to text me, and it's always on time. Stop doubting. Watch this. This is why I added this story to this. Stop thinking so much. Here's what you need to do. This is word for word from one of my advisors straight to your ears. If God says it, just do it. Don't think about it. Do you know what I've done since that day? I've tried to do that every single day of my life. I get it wrong. I've sunk many times since then. But the one thing I've made covenant with God in my heart is, God, if you say it, I don't care how crazy it is, I'll jump, I'll go. You say it, I'll do it. Here's what Proverbs says about that second dribble. Because we got a word from God, and we don't want to outthink it. We want to make sure we get our dribbles. Proverbs 11:14 says, where there is no guidance, people, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And in Proverbs 19, verse 20, it says, listen. Someone say, listen. 
Say it loud. Say, listen. I don't want to take too long on this because I want to get done. But y'all just better listen <laughs> to this part. You know one of my biggest pet peeves? Pastor Mark, I want to come in and talk about something. Sweet. Come on in. I, I need your advice. Okay. Come on in. Pastor Mark, here's my scenario. What should I do? Are you sure you want to know the truth? If you come in and talk to me, I'm going to tell you that. Why? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. And people don't like the truth. You like to feel good. I'm not talking about you individually, so don't get offended yet. I'm going to give you a chance in a second. With, it's uncanny. Y'all better listen. It's uncanny. How many dozens upon dozens of people then tell me what they think I should think. And I'm, I do my best. I pray in my office or wherever we're meeting. Holy Ghost. I need you to, to close my mouth like you did in the lions then in Daniel 6 with Daniel and the lions. Because what I'm going to say next is not going to be kind. It's going to be a sword, but it's going to mean to cut and not heal. Because I want to say to them, why did you come in here and ask my advice? If you believe I've been where you're going and you wanted to know what it took to get there and then you tell me the excuses that you can't do what I told you to do or why I'm wrong, then you do what you know to do and don't ask my advice, my God. I thank you. Y'all just let me get it out. I needed some help. I need counseling. Y'all pray for me. But that's for real how I feel. And any of y'all that have been somewhere in your life, y'all feel the same way. You just aren't as crazy as me and say it. Because what I see them doing, y'all better watch me, what I see them doing is saying, Mark, I've seen that you have a rhythm at some level of your life and you're willing to go and, I, and I've seen it and I want to do that. So how do I do that? I, well, I don't want to dribble three times. I don't want to take a deep breath. I want to do it this way. Then do it. That's what, honestly, you're probably going to hear that from me if you buck up in a counseling conversation. My goal, by the way, is to I don't have the answers. But if I feel like the Lord gives me a word and you immediately tell me that I'm wrong, what I'm going to immediately tell you is, sweep. Go and do likewise then, because I can't help you. Because watch this. I say this all the time, but I can say it to y'all because I don't think I've met with any of y'all in here, so y'all aren't going to get mad yet. What I say to them is, so what you want is not my advice. You want my attention. You don't, have, you don't get to get my attention just because you want it. You get to get my attention when I want to hang out with you. And I want to hang out with everybody in here, by the way, but not in life moments that you are feeling like you're about to wreck and you don't know which way to turn, in those moments, I feel like crying and spitting. Why? Because I've sunk before, and I don't want to see you sink. And if you think, you sink. But if you follow his word, you go. It's not about how much you know. Y'all better get this. It's about how much you listen and follow. It's not about how great you are. Do y'all know this? To reach your destiny in Christ, God does not need talented people. He needs people that are open and available to do what he has called them to do. Watch this, period, at the end of that statement. Matter of fact, this is what the Bible says, and I love the Bible so much because I believe it to be true throughout. God confounds, look at me, confounds, blows the mind of the wise with the simple people. He took 12 ordinary, jacked up, crazy men. And he literally changed the landscape of the world with them. Fishermen, y'all, they, they were not these educated. 
they, there was all these people in the temple that he could have pulled out and said, I pick you, but he didn't. He picks you. Why? Because he does not need my amazing brain power. He needs my availability to couple with his power and holiness and righteousness. All I have to do to accomplish what God's called me to do is get in the right rhythm and follow him. And if I get a word from God, I can stand on water in places that people thought I would drown on the first day. Because it doesn't matter what people's opinions are, it matters if I have a word from God. It does not matter if everybody else thinks I'm crazy. I'm not asking their opinion with all due respect. I want to know the opinion of the people that have walked before me in these shoes. And if they say go, guess what I'm doing? He gone. And it's the big things. And it's the small things. But you better listen. You will make a mess of your life as soon as you try to do it without knowing if, he, if he's called you to it. You'll make a mess. We do it every day. We feel like we're sinking. It's interesting, isn't it, that the Bible compares me, compares this to the house, the temple of God. And then in Matthew 7, Jesus said, the wise man built his house on the, say it, if you know it, the wise man built his house on the rock. That's Jesus. That's a word. That's standing on a word when you know he said it. And the foolish man built his house on the sand. And I believe sand is the opinions of everybody. Because there's as many opinions out there as there is sand on the seashore. And if you build your opinion on everybody, or if you build your life on everybody else's opinion, as soon as a storm comes, you'll sink. But if you build your life and what God is doing and let yourself be built up on that solid rock, then the house that you build it on will stand firm. Why? It does not matter how big the storm is. It does not matter how anything else is going. I don't have to think about the waves crashing around me if I can walk on a word. He confounds. This is what I told the first service. I don't know why I feel like I'm supposed to share this part. I really don't like this part because it's about me and it's not great. <laughs> There's not a day that goes by that I don't thank the Lord for what I get to do. Like, and some of y'all would think to yourself that's because you like being in front of people and you're good at it but what y'all don't know is I have a learning disability legit LD what you don't know most of you my friends and the people that have heard this before you know it but what most people don't know is that when I took the SAT I literally got done with the reading comprehension part and had no idea what a single answer was I think I might have guessed right on some of them but I just tried to make Christmas trees with the answers. I'm telling the truth. Don't do it, kids. Young people, my kid especially. You better not trying to pay for that college. Come on, Jesus. But I was, I literally had, I, could, I didn't know. Because of that, when I got to college, I had to take two remedial reading classes. They started with a zero. Did not even count. First and second semester. I think in today's world, I wouldn't have just been diagnosed ADHD. I think it would have probably been dyslexia. I know it existed when we were kids, but not a lot of people. I didn't know anybody that had dyslexia, and we didn't have tests for it. I knew letters, and I was obviously not illiterate. I just couldn't couple them together to know what a sentence was. Matter of fact, my English teacher my junior year, I ended up teaching with later, 
She used to use one of my papers. Y'all listen. She used to use one of my papers that I wrote. It was so bad, she used it as an example of what not to do. With my permission, she wasn't being hateful. But, but I, was, I jumped all over the place because I couldn't stay with a theme and preach something like the rhythm of godly decisions and go back and have the ability to have a theme throughout. I, I could not do it. I'm not, I'm not trying to make y'all feel sorry for me. I can do it now. <laughs> That's the point. But my natural mind was this cat who, who I wanted to play ball, y'all. I mean, that was my whole life's dream. And until I shattered my ankle my senior year, I was going at least some places. And God had different plans. Matter of fact, when, when Daniel Pearson and I went on a mission trip to China, I really don't like to cry in front of people, but when we went on a mission trip to China, right before I was turning 20 years old, I can see it just as clearly as I can see you today, us two sitting up in the balcony with a group of other people in Beijing, China at a church called the International Church. And my heart was broken because I knew I was going to be a college basketball star and all of a sudden I was thrown into the fire, out of the lines then and into the fire and I had made the decision, I think I'm supposed to quit my job because y'all better listen to me while I'm saying this right now because I had began to listen to people who had not gone where I was going. Because one person I took advice from was a man who preached but then got bitter and quit preaching. And he advised me to quit college and I did. Do I regret it? Not one day, because God used it. But it wasn't the right plan for my life. Hand to God, I had quit college two weeks before and sitting right next to Daniel Pearson on, on, on a front row with these, with, these, with these headphones where you could listen to, to the service in other languages. I heard the Holy Spirit as clearly as I'm standing here in front of you say, this is what you're gonna do someday. You're going to preach to the nations. And I thought to myself, I've never told this in front of a group before. And I don't know why you're getting it in the first service, didn't, but you're getting it, so just go with me. I thought to myself, what's wrong with you, God? I just quit because I'm not capable. I said this to myself. I never said this out loud because I like for people to believe that I'm confident. And I do walk with a level of confidence. But at that moment, I was broken because I thought, you're just stupid. Because I couldn't read well. I couldn't read. I mean, y'all hear me, I was 20 years old. And I had a pretty good IQ and I couldn't read. And what I learned about myself was, if I try to, if I try to read books today, and I'm not careful, I'll just get ahead of myself and I won't remember. But if I, if I use the audible, books, do y'all know what I'm talking about? And they read to you, I can memorize it. How funny is that? I never knew. That didn't exist. I literally, if I slow it down enough and I concentrate, I can memorize a book. I'm talking about, what do you mean memorize? I'm talking about I could say the book back to you, memorize it. Because in my weakness, he made something strong. I never forget on that trip, Daniel, I don't remember the girls, I, I, I can't even see her face, but I know her name was Shannon. She was a good athlete. And she looked me across the room at one of our nights. 
like it was yesterday. I can hear it. I thought she was an idiot at the time. She said, you're going to make a great pastor one day. I thought, what? I love ball. I'm not being a pastor. That's stupid. I can't even read. Why would God choose Mark? This is what I've asked myself a hundred times or more, way more. And the reason is because I can't explain it. I have no problem believing that the water that we got to walk across to reach 1% of the upstate of South Carolina is going to be easy for God because for us to do what we've done so far is impossible so what's 1% of the whole upstate going to be? Easy peasy why? because he, he gave us a word and I don't mind standing on any word that he gave us why is it not hard for me to believe that we're going to operate without having to take a dollar up from you guys but every dollar that you give a decade or more from now, but before we're done with this thing and hand it to the next generation, that we're going to be completely debt-free and operate with the money that God has allowed us to multiply because he called us to it. And if he called us to it, he'll give us the inspiration. He'll give us the advisors that have gone before us. So if he gave us a word, I'll stand on that thing right now and believe it. I have the faith to see mountains move, and I'm telling the mountains to move right now. Why? Because you're so smart? Actually, because I'm not, but because he's done it anyway. How in the world does a kid who gets a paper written about him, because he, or, or, or my English teacher, excuse me, till she retired last year, uses the paper about what not to do, ends up writing a book, and if y'all read those daily devotions, that comes from me. And if that kid who has no ability to write or read all of a sudden can, then it's either I got smart or God got good and he stayed good and he is good. And I'm just here to tell you I didn't get smart. I just stood on a word and I learned something. I learned that no matter how much more talented other people are, that if I learn how to get in rhythm with God, He'll make it happen. Matter of fact, my third point is, does this build God's kingdom and bring heaven to earth? Does this build God's kingdom? Sorry, I'm messing it up. Does this build God's kingdom and bring heaven to earth? Now I remember how to go backwards. I couldn't remember. For those of y'all that are writing notes, I was trying to go backwards so y'all could see it. Does this build God's kingdom and bring heaven to earth? And I, we've prayed this before, right, the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If that's really what we want for our lives to be kingdom men and women, then we have to have the attitude and the rhythm of godly decisions. We have to not make pros and cons lists. We have to be willing to say, your kingdom come, God. This is just a shell of a man. This is just a body. And I've taken residence in Spartanburg County and, I'm, and I love calling this place my residence, but my home's in heaven. And whether I live 90 years or whether this is my last, and I don't believe that to be the case because I feel a great deal of purpose in my life, but, if I, but, if, but, but for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. 
So I don't care. I want to see my babies and I want to see grandbabies and I want to do all that stuff, but my home is in another place. I'm a foreigner in this place. So the only thing that I care about accomplishing is everything that he put on me to do. And in, in that case, y'all, y'all just listen to the words, the things of earth go strangely dim. I had this ability in ball as I got in rhythm that the things around me grew strangely dim and the only thing that I saw was the top of the rim. That is exactly how we should live our lives on an everyday basis. If you wanna make a godly decision, you gotta have a word from God. There should be agreement with your counselors and your spouse if you're married. And I should just be able to answer the question that absolutely makes heaven grow. It, make, it makes heaven bigger, it makes heaven more full and his kingdom comes. It absolutely brings heaven to earth. And this is what I believe in Matthew 11 in the message version. This is the plan is, is I should be able to answer these questions that the paraphrase of the message says. Are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Remember in the Greek, the word come means go. It's go straight to him. Come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Can y'all just listen? I'm, I promise I'm finishing up, but y'all got to get this. God does not just want to save you from hell. He wants you to enjoy your life with him. Does that mean it's, it's always gonna be fun? That's not what enjoyment means. It means I can take pleasure in the good and the bad, in sickness and in health till death do us part. But in this case, my marriage is what death do us part. But my marriage to the Lord Jesus actually brings me closer together. And so God loves our wedding day, but he loves this day. And he loves every day because he wants to take a walk with me and, and, and talk with me. There's not a day that goes by in my life where I don't ask these questions. God, here's what's on my heart. Now what's on your heart? What would you like to tell me and where would you like, what would you like for me to do? That doesn't mean, do you want me to go to work or not? Guess what I do? I get up and go to work. I've not found yet where God says, don't go to work. <laughs> if you're looking for that, that ain't him. Come on, somebody, that's your burrito that's talking to you from last night. You don't have to ask God if you should get up and go to work. What you should ask God is, should I stay or should I go? Is this the right man or the right woman? And it's not always going to make sense, but it's always going to be for your good and his glory. He says, I'll, learn, I'll show you how to take a real wet rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will lay anything on you that's ill-fitting on you. Just keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I think this is the point for me to close out. Your story is probably not going to be that in Beijing, China, after you quit college, you hear what almost appears to be an audible voice from the Holy Spirit saying, this is your destiny. And you look and go, yeah, but I just started working full-time construction. I just bought my wife an engagement ring that I'm going to give to her a few months after that. I'm going to plan my life out that I believe God had mapped out the whole way. But it's going to be just as crazy and just as wonderful and just as destiny purposed. Y'all listen, because a lot of you came in here today and you felt hopeless, wondering why God messed up making you. But the Bible says that you were created in Christ Jesus. Y'all better listen to me before the foundations of the world. So I know your parents got together whether you have a good relationship with them or bad, you need to be grateful for them because they got together 
And when egg and sperm came together, it made you. Because made means something from something. From something. And when those cells got together, it formed and made me. But I was created before the foundations of the world in Christ Jesus. How many of y'all know that God does not make mistakes? Come on, how many of y'all know? That means that there's not a mistake in this room and there's no shame in this room and there was no accidents in this room and there's no reason for anybody to believe anything otherwise. And if God started something, he will see it through to the day of completion in himself. So I stand on a word that is this. I may not like every single one of the years of my 40 years and I may not like everything that I am in now, but I'm not where I used to be and I'm going where he called me to be. And so I'm going to learn to walk in the unforced rhythms of grace. And when there's distractions all around me and I feel nervous and I, and I feel afraid, I'll block out all the noise and I'll make that shot. Why? Because I can take a deep breath and in confidence know it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they're waving. It doesn't matter if they call me crazy. I've learned how to walk in rhythm. I've learned how to shoot in rhythm. I've learned how to make decisions without listening to the noise. I don't have to be concerned with everything else in this world. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So this is your invitation today. It's your simple invitation today. Your story's not mine, but it is uniquely woven beautifully. Matter of fact, when the Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. That word means an unbelievable poem written by the Lord. It means that you have a purpose that is unbelievable. Listen, unbelievable. It's amazing. He just doesn't need you to be amazing. If I tried to walk on this water right now, I would sink. Why? He didn't call me to do it. I don't have to try to do things. I just get to be the thing that he called me to be. So if you're with me in this room and you believe that God is who he says he is and he's that good, stop thinking and stop sinking and stand on the promises of God and believe that he's called you uniquely and wonderfully to be his servant, to be his child to be his ambassador, to accomplish things that you never dreamed of. So your life's going to take one of two directions leaving here today. You'll either stand on a word from God and get in rhythm and learn the unforced rhythms of grace, or you'll be super frustrated leaving here going, I got some sinking thinking, and I'm just not sure. God doesn't need your anything. God doesn't need your power. God doesn't need your reading ability. He just needs you, yes, and amen. So if you're with me in this room, will you just stand to your feet and say, Mark, I'm with you. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. God, in, your, in Jesus' name, we pray that we don't leave here saying that was a good message. I could care less if one person, I mean it, Lord, you know I mean it. I don't care if it's a good message. Forget a good message. I want you to change our hearts. God, we can, we can look good, sound good, act good, but if we're not in rhythm with you, walking in your grace, realizing that only hope we have is in Jesus, then we'll sink so fast and be frustrated. Lord, I declare and decree and thank you for being a way maker. I thank you that you are the miracle worker. I thank you that you're the light in the darkness. I thank you that you're the hope where there is hopelessness. And I thank you that only because of Jesus do I have salvation, do I have hope, do I have life. And today, God, I pray over every person in this room that they won't leave here the same, but they'll leave here radically different because of Jesus. 
y'all just join in right now. I'm going to ask y'all to do something that might feel a little bit weird to you. But I just want you to lift your hands up right where you are. And as Shannon and Emma and Brian lead us in singing this Waymaker, I just want you to begin to believe in your hearts that he is a Waymaker, that he is a miracle worker. I want y'all to know that this is the thing that we can do in our lives that's unlike anything else. I got to tell y'all, this is so cool. Y'all go ahead and start. I showed Shannon this this week when we were planning the service out. This guy who I really love, a worship leader at Bishop Tony Miller's funeral this week. And one thing that he said that just, Lee and I just, we wept. So the angel's job, if y'all don't know this, some of the angel's jobs, responsibilities are to go the, around the whole earth and all of heaven. And that's such a massive thing, we can't even take it in. And to present to God what they've seen. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? To present to God. Here's the things that we've taken in. Here's the things that we've seen. And what the Bible actually says happens when they get in his presence, the cherubim and the seraphim and some of the, some of the high angels, what happens when they get in his presence is they're supposed to say, here's what we've seen. And all the earth, this is the most beautiful. This is what's happening. This is powerful. And yet, y'all listen, what, what they say is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty which means set apart, but when you tear it apart, what it actually means is that's different than anything else. So y'all gotta get this. Now, when we say it, it's cool because if y'all grew up in church, that was hymn number one. Y'all remember, right? When you open up the book, some of y'all are like, what's a hymn? Praise God for you. But what the angels, who were also created beings, but they've been up there for a long time, They've seen the whole earth. They've, they've seen all the beautiful things and all the amazing things. And yet when they get in the presence of God, the only thing they can say is you're something different. You're something different than everything else I've seen in all of the universe. If you ever feel lonely and worn out and don't know what to do, you should just lift your hands up and say you're holy. You're something different. There's something different about you than this greater than everything else. I've gotten to see some great things. I've gotten to accomplish a few things, but God, you're greater. And so when we sing this Waymaker song, I just want you to declare that with your arms up to the Lord Jesus, joining with the angels and the, and the friends and family that have gone before us, worshiping God. It's going to be the greatest thing ever that we get to do for all of eternity, but we get to join in with that right now. So I just want y'all to lift your hands up and say you're a way maker, a miracle worker. Come on, let's do it right now.